This is the One About Retirement podcast with Rhett Wood and Mark Rose from Retirement Income Strategies. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rhett and Mark provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the One About Retirement podcast with Rhett Wood and Mark Rose. Welcome to another show of the One About Retirement podcast. I'm Mark Rose, and he's Rhett Wood, and we're with Retirement Income Strategies. Well, good morning, Rhett. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good, Mark. Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So uh, what's been going on? Well, I've been working a little bit on my house and uh, I, you know, I've been doing this remodel on the property and trying to get it ready because I'd like to get some cows out there. But, uh, you know, now we're in the period of time where it's time to plant trees. So they've gone dormant for the year. And I have recently ordered 130 trees from the Arbor Day Foundation. Well, you are just and Johnny so Appleseed. I, 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 I never really considered myself a tree hugger, but maybe I am. I don't uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. But uh, you're definitely going to be a tree planter. I, I'm a tree. Oh, yeah. That's all I did this weekend. I planted <laughs> like 57 trees this weekend. But what what varieties? I had uh, 30 something loblolly pines, which when they come, including the roots and everything, they're only like a foot to maybe 18 inches long. And so I have a special tool where instead of actually digging a hole, it's more like a, a wedge that you shove into the dirt and then you just drop the tree in it. And then you, you know, kind of put your foot on it to close the dirt back out. So and you're saying lob, lob, lolly pine. So the pine trees that they grow really, really tall and eventually will lose their bottom branches. So you just see the long, tall trunks okay. with the pine needles at the top. Yeah. So I planted a bunch of those. I planted a whole bunch of, uh, Maple trees, the red maple trees. And then I planted uh, some kind of bush that they sent for free called a forsythia. So uh, it's like a yellow flowering. So that's all I've been doing recently is just planting trees. Well, very good. You're always talking about the best time to plant a tree. So forever ago. So maybe when I'm old, these will be tall. Uh, Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Hopefully you get to see them. You yeah. see them. I remember growing up, I grew up in Ardmore, and I remember my parents planting, I don't know if it was a loblolly or what type of pine tree, but I remember them planting it, and I was, I don't know, third or fourth grade, and it was no bigger than, you know, two or three feet, and I thought, there is no way, I will never <laughs> see this tree to Be big. get up, you know, anywhere even taller than I was. And by college, I'd go back home, and sure enough, yeah. Those suckers were, you know, they'd grown almost full size. I thought, really? Well, there you go. It's neat. Uh, you know, I, um, my grandmother lived in, uh, Altus and whenever she died, there was a mimosa tree, mm. which are the kind that had the pink, pretty flowers and they, uh, um, kind of spread out big and those were growing in her yard. And so mom dug up a little shoot of one that was about probably just two or three feet long, right? planted right. it right in the front yard, you know, cause it was like, you know, she passed away. We were selling that house and this is where my mom grew up. And so I remember she watered that tree like all the time mm. and now it's huge. It's big. Wow. Uh, but I was probably eight when that happened. So that was 20 years ago, but yeah, it's just amazing how that little stick, you know, it just, it grew. So nice. It'll happen. Yeah. So you'll be able to watch those. That's good. Yeah. So what are we, what are we talking about? Well, the topic for this show is protecting the surviving spouse. And this is a little addressed financial situation you might not have considered. 
We're going to talk about why it's important to protect the surviving spouse, you know, when the first spouse passes away, and beneficial ways to help ensure that your spouse is financially protected when you're no longer there to help. So let's start with talking about the probability of someone living longer than their spouse. Uh, According to a report titled Key Findings and Issues on Longevity, for a 65-year-old couple, there is a 72% chance that one of them will live to age 85. There's a 45% chance that one will live to age 90 and an 18% chance that one will live to 95 years old. Wow. So with the loss of a spouse, it's important to know how that will affect the surviving spouse's standard of living. And typically, women tend to outlive their husbands. And we see that on our own office here. We do. Yeah. We do with a lot of our clients that uh, you know that we see year over year over year. It's, it's the ladies who have a little bit longer life expectancy in general than the guys. And some women may face unique you know, challenges in retirement because of this, and not all of them are prepared for it, unfortunately. According to the report, Older Americans in Poverty, a snapshot done by AARP, more than 70% of retirees living in poverty are women, over half of whom are, were not poor before their husband passed away. So that's a startling statistic because mm-hmm. when both were living, they weren't were financially fun. struggling, yeah. But when the husband passes away, now the you know maybe a pension goes away, social maybe security a, one of the social security checks will definitely go away. Even though you do get to keep the higher of the two social security checks, the net result is still less because yeah. one of those checks goes away. So and something that we always say, it's not like your expenses get cut in half, no. but your income might. No, so expenses might go down a little, but they're definitely not going to get cut in half, and so. You know, income plans that you and I put together for clients, that's one of the things we talk about. Mm-hmm. We're making an income plan that, yes, works while both spouses are alive, if, if you know, if they're married and not just single, but it, it also needs to work when the first spouse passes away. Or it needs it at least needs to identify that problem so people are aware ahead of time and can try to do something to manage that issue, knowing that it might happen in the future. And there are several ways we, we help people prepare for the loss of a spouse. We first encourage them to make an inventory of physical and non-physical items. So make a list of, in your home, you know everything that's of value. Jewelry, power tools, computers, guns, collectibles, coins, whatever it is. If you've got some valuables that are assets to you, you should probably have an inventory of that somewhere. I know for myself, um, I collect some coins and I, I've got a few guns and things and I keep a journal that writes, you know, what year, make, model, whatever it was and kind of have that running inventory. And so another way to help prepare for the loss of a spouse is to know what benefits um, are available to you from the Social Security Administration. There might be a lump sum benefit or a monthly benefit made payable to you as a spouse or to your children. You also need to know information on your spouse's employer you know, approximate earnings for the last two years, where to locate tax returns, a marriage certificate, and social security numbers for spouses and children. You know, it's also a good idea to review your IRA, bank accounts, retirement accounts, 401ks, and make sure that you have a list of where all those are at and make sure that the beneficiary information is all correct. Um, wills will not ensure that your assets pass to your loved ones. Um, beneficiary designations are the only way to ensure that your assets goes to who you intend. Life insurance, annuities, 401ks, they should all be reviewed to ensure that you have the proper beneficiary designations listed. Bank accounts, CDs, individual brokerage accounts are all susceptible to probate um, as you might assign transfer on 
you, you know, you've got a list, uh, a beneficiary designation, which they call transfer on death designation on those accounts. Without this feature, your assets will pass through probate and be distributed according to court instructions. Right. And so if you're using that transfer on death or payable on death designation, that's a way for those bank accounts, CD to accounts that, yeah. to, to bypass probate. So, you know, and I think a lot of times people mistakenly think that's on their accounts because, you know, you go to the bank and you say, I'm going to check, setting up a checking account or yeah, a savings account. You you yeah. You don't just automatically put that on there. You kind of got to ask for it in most cases. Yep. Which is a great reminder for folks to go back and check and say, okay. Yeah. Do um, I have transfer on death in my bank account? Yeah. What happens if I die? You know, can it, can this pass uh, outside of probate? Well, if you have those, take um, some pre-planning. Yeah, you got to do some work. Designations for that—that's a way to do that. There are a couple more steps we encourage people to take to prepare for the loss of a spouse. If your spouse is a veteran, government life insurance and/or veterans benefits may be available to you. It's good to verify if they are. Another is to initiate important estate planning documents. At the very least, everyone should have a will, power of attorney, and guardianship for any minor children. Once your estate planning documents are finalized, you need to select an estate administrator. Now, this should be someone responsible for following the rules of your will in the event of your death. You should think about how your death would impact the decision-making ability of that person. And once selected, send copies of your estate planning documents to your estate administrator. Last and importantly, it's good to select a financial planner in which you and your spouse are comfortable. And this should be someone you trust to be with you for the decisions you will make for the rest of your life. And, you know, this is a good topic, but our time is up for this portion of the show. Preparing for the loss of a spouse can be overwhelming, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, you don't have to do it alone. Visit our website at retirementincomeok.com or call our office at 405-703-3858 to find out how to receive a free PDF copy of our new book, Peace and Possibilities. This book describes our process of working with our clients and will provide solid information you need to help secure your retirement. We are dedicated to providing you with information to help make sound decisions and build a retirement on a solid foundation that will stand the test of time. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Retirement Income Strategies at 405-703-3858 or visit retirementincomeok.com to request your complimentary Social Security Maximization Report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. Welcome back to the One About Retirement podcast. I'm Mark Rose and he's Rhett Wood and we're with Retirement Income Strategies. And we've been talking about protecting the surviving spouse in the event that one passes away. We have covered the probability of someone living longer than their spouse, which typically is the, the woman, and that the majority of wives outlive their husbands and you know how people can prepare for the loss of their spouse. And one of the things we talked about in the last section is about the wills and power of attorneys and advanced directives and making sure that you, know, the, the, you have death designations or payable on death, transfer on death designations at the bank for your bank accounts and your CDs and things with your 401k and your life insurance that you're making sure you have beneficiaries done. One of the main ways that we like to deal with um, a death uh, in the family is looking at, you know, making sure we avoid probate is by using a revocable living trust. And we didn't talk about that because typically when the first spouse dies, the, the there's tr- no change. Yeah. To the, the trust assets, is yeah. still there. 
the remaining spouse is usually the remaining trustee, and so the, the trust doesn't go into effect because the, the, they're still a living trustee. A revocable living trust is a great way to avoid probate, but it, it, it goes into effect when all of the living trustees are now dead. Yeah. And so that's why we didn't talk about it when we're talking about the passing of one spouse. That's more where the wills and advanced directives and things would come into play. Yeah, and those are those are great tools that I know both of us have used in our own planning situations. But, you know, what we were talking about earlier and, and even with this, uh, that was things that people can do before the death of a spouse. You know, you need to do this planning ahead of time. But let's talk for a little bit about the ways that you can prepare for what do you do after the passing of a spouse. Uh, when the loss of a spouse occurs, there's a whirlwind of emotions, and you also have all these decisions that have to be made. And the last thing you want to have to do when a spouse passes away is worry about finances. The first thing a person should do after the devastating loss of a spouse is to update their, their beneficiary information. After a life-changing event, beneficiary forms should be updated and reviewed to ensure that they're all up to date and no changes need to be made. Just And, that, and that's not a, a, a huge cumbersome task. You can typically call companies and find out, are my beneficiaries set up? And if not, send me the forms and fill them out. Right, but it's easy to forget. Oh, sure. Right, because yeah. it's not necessarily right in front of our face, and so people forget that. And then, you know, maybe a year, two, three, five years goes down, you know, goes on, and they're like, oh, goodness, I didn't remember. Yeah, or you, yeah you set up this account for forever ago, and you, know, you haven't addressed it since then. And as hard as it may be, another step that someone should take is to talk about these important issues that have to be um, addressed. So conversations including things like your wishes uh, for your children or loved ones and making sure that you have a health care directive in case of, you know, some sort of medical tragedy. You know, have those conversations that are sometimes difficult and not very fun, but necessary. That's true. Another thing to do after the loss of a spouse is to consolidate your financial records. Consider account numbers, contact information, social security numbers, passwords, maiden names, secret keys or passcodes to access, accessing online information. Also, consult a financial advisor like Red or myself to ensure your assets are structured to pass the maximum amount of legacy onto your heirs. As the only living parent, your death will trigger the benefits to primary and contingent beneficiaries. You don't want to miss out on opportunities that will be gone once you've passed. And last, it's good to update your travel information. If you'll be traveling away from home, make sure you always take important info with you, including a copy of health insurance, any medicines you take, contact information for family members, things like that. You know, this discussion on protecting the surviving spouse has been good and and knowing how someone should prepare before and after the death of a spouse is something we believe is sometimes overlooked. So now let's talk about how the loss of a spouse can affect a couple's social security benefits, because I know this is, a, this is huge, and it's important to know ahead of time. So according to the Social Security Administration, the earliest a surviving spouse can start receiving the Social Security survivor benefits is age 60. Uh, depending upon the situation, the surviving spouse benefits can be up to 100% of the benefit received by the deceased spouse. So if the surviving spouse claims benefits at an earlier age, so younger than their full retirement, the benefits are reduced a fraction of a percent for each month they take it younger than that full retirement age. In some cases, if a surviving spouse qualifies for a retirement benefit that is more than their survivor's benefit, they can switch to their own retirement benefits as early as age 62 
or as late as age 70. So the rules for this option vary depending upon a spouse's specific situation. And Social Security doesn't make it easy to understand all the rules, but that's one of the things that we do is help people figure out what are your options with Social Security. And determining when you should claim your Social Security benefit is very helpful in order to maximize your Social Security benefit. So consult with a financial professional. Come talk to Mark and myself, and we can run a Social Security maximization report for you to figure out what are your options and what might make the most sense. And as an example, let's say we have a couple whose names are George and Mary. Oh, yeah. Good old George and Mary. Yep. And so upon the the death of one of them, they're going to lose their Social Security check for that person. So let's just say Mary's was 1500 and George got a $1,000 a month Social Security check. Well, if George passes away, um, they're going to lose. Mary, who's now remaining, she's going to lose his check, but she gets to keep her check because it's the higher of the two. So instead of $2,500 a month coming in for both of the Social Security checks, if George passes away, Mary then only has $1,500 of Social Security. That's a big change in the budget. That's a, a huge change, losing that $1,000 per month. And so, you know, that's going to create a, over that year, that's going to create a $12,000 reduction in what she's bringing in. And that might not be the only thing that's that true. drops. If maybe George had a pension, he worked at a company where there was a pension and maybe there was either a 50% survivorship or a 0% survivorship. Now Mary doesn't have his full pension that they had coming in when they were both married. So losing some Social Security and losing potentially other forms of income that have no survivorship. Yeah, it's always a good idea to review those options carefully whenever you're electing a pension to find out what do you want to choose because there's long-term, uh, you know, effects that can take place if you if you choose no survivorship option that's true and uh, it gives me a great you know single life payout for mm-hmm. my pension that i get a lot of money or more money because it only covers my life but then what happens if i, well, I didn't plan yeah, to you kick die bucket, early yeah now my my spouse has nothing from that and so I, I agree with you. we got to really pay attention to those. At least know what those options mean and yes. know what the consequences What's, are. What know, are the consequences? Different ones, because it might be the right answer sure. for folks. And each unique situation is different. But Yeah, we've had families before. You know, if they both have pensions and one of them goes away, they're still good. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the right choice. Yep. Maybe if you're not married, you don't need the survivorship option. But and our time is coming to an end for this segment. And our goal at Retirement Income Strategies and our planning process is to truly provide our clients with clarity, knowing that they will have reliable income during retirement, as well as leaving a legacy to their loved ones. To help with this process, visit our website at retirementincomeok.com or call our office to receive your complimentary ebook, Peace and Possibilities. As you read our book, please remember that everyone could use a little help from a professional while planning their retirement, and we are more than happy to help. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on the future of U.S. taxation, Social Security, New Generation Retirement Planning System, and the Generational Vault. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Retirement Income Strategies by visiting retirementincomeok.com or calling us at 405-703-3858. And welcome back to our last segment for this show of The One About Retirement on Protecting the Surviving Spouse. In the last two segments, we cover the probability of someone living longer than their spouse, what a person can do to prepare before and after the passing of their spouse, 
and how the loss of a spouse can affect a couple's Social Security benefit. Now, let's discuss how very important it is to have your personal documents in order. So to start, I always encourage my clients and prospects and families I meet with to make sure that their important documents are organized and managed. But but far too often, this is totally overlooked. Uh, it can be overwhelming. I understand that. But because most people have a large number of important documents, um, you know, it's you keep them in different places. They accumulate over time. But it, it simply helps to begin by making a list. But before you can properly manage these documents, you should first know exactly what important documents you have. So this may seem like common sense, but depending upon if you have a house or what type of investments you may own, you may have more important documents than you think. Oftentimes, it only it's only tax season that rolls around that causes us to look at these documents, or when a move happens or the death in a family occurs, when people really start paying attention to these essential documents that they might have. The types of documents that you will want to manage could be broken down into two different broad categories. You have your legal papers and your financial documents and account statements. So, you know, those are the two different types. Le- legal papers would include those things that we've talked about earlier. So the wills, the deeds, the trust documents, birth certificates, vehicle titles, medical power of attorney, stuff like that. Uh, financial documents and account statements would include annuities, life insurance policies, health insurance information, CDs, IRAs, financial power of attorney, stocks and bond certificates. Uh, the list can add up on this stuff. And it's, it's important to keep a summary of what you have and where is it. Uh, this will take very little time and will save you a tremendous amount of worry, uh, not only for the surviving spouse, but ultimately also for your beneficiary someday. You know, if, if you've got stuff scattered all across the board and you pass away, both of you do, you don't want that money to not be claimed by your loved ones, so you need to have that summary list. The next step in the preparation process is to not only have your documents collected and organized, but also have them easily accessible. In addition to creating a summary of your documents, it's good to record where you keep them and, and tell someone, here's where I have my stuff. You know, I run into some folks that they keep it in their storm shelter. Sure. Or they have a tornado back. Yeah, you know, or here it's in sort Oklahoma of safe at home, yeah. In Oklahoma, tornadoes are a reality, and so they they do that. But another popular place to keep their documents for folks is a safety deposit box. Now, you can rent a safety deposit box at your bank or credit union for a small annual fee. And this box provides a high level of security. Even if the bank is affected by the same disaster you are, it's, it's not likely that the vault will be pushed over, blown yeah. away. Um, yeah. So... It also gives you a safe place to keep non-document valuables such as jewelry. A home safety box is another option. This one you keep at home and can be fireproof, lockable, and you know light enough for you to carry. For me, I have a you do as well a big gun safe, and so I'm not yeah. carrying that. Carrying that, <laughs> it would take a little bit to move it. But. Bolted to the floor <laughs> and bolted to the wall, but it's fireproof for up to 30, 45 minutes, and so that's where we keep a lot of our important documents and you know my girls know what's in there my my wife knows what's in there they know the combination yeah. how to get in it we've practiced this hey can you get into this without dad around and so for us that's a way that uh, we keep you know that home safe certainly better than things. a shoebox under the mattress that's not as effective yeah no it doesn't that's not fireproof no so don't do that uh, have have a different choice you know an attorney is another option to be able to keep important documents with. If you if they you have an attorney and they've prepared legal documents for you, 
He or she will typically keep a set of originals. You may also be able to have your attorney keep your funeral or other instructions and your second safety deposit box key if that's your preference. Another option is using a trusted individual. They can keep copies of important papers with them and maybe they don't live close by so the same natural disaster wouldn't affect them that you know you're having. And it's a good way to avoid you know, all your records going away yeah. because of that. Maybe there's a regional disaster. Now, bear in mind, however, that you're not going to have immediate access to anything that's kept with them. Right. Another way, and it's something we offer and something we call our generational vault for our clients, is the online or digital storage. You know, technology provides some excellent tools for safeguarding your important documents, and it can make it easier to access your records when you need to in a more convenient way to update them. Yeah, and once you have recorded and organized all your documents and have decided on a secure place to store them, we would encourage you to take the time to meet with a retirement professional to discuss your retirement options. Providing your retirement professional with your documents will give them a better understanding, uh, you know, what steps need to take place in order to meet your retirement goals. Having all of your resources and documentation organized will allow your financial professional to provide you with the tools you need to make the decisions to help guide and prepare your retirement. You know, uh, when we meet with a new family, there is so much more that we can do to help them and more analysis and more tools and provide them if they have those documents prepared. Um, you know, and everyone's situation is different and meeting with a retirement professional will help you set up a plan of what you should do in the event that a spouse passes. So come prepared and that professional that you meet with is going to be better equipped to in turn help you. Yes. And our time is up for this week's show. Visit our website at retirementincomeok.com to find out how to receive your free ebook. Peace and Possibilities, or you can call our office at 405-703-3858 to request a copy. With reading our book, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. It is dedicated to providing you with information to help make sound decisions and build a retirement on a solid foundation that will stand the test of time. Also, if you have questions about today's show or any comments, please do not hesitate to contact us at 405-703-3858. And this concludes our time for today's show. Join us for another show on the One About Retirement podcast. Take care and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the One About Retirement podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Rhett Wood or Mark Rose at Retirement Income Strategies. Call 405-703-3858 or visit them online at retirementincomeok.com. Brett Wood and Mark Rosen Retirement Income Strategies, Inc. are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.